Welcome to the Fun and Games Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Lupkin, and let the games begin. What's up, Fun and Games family? Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Fun and Games Podcast. Happy Wednesday, our favorite day. It is so good to be able to sit down and chat with you guys. How are you doing? And what are you doing? Are you in the car? Are you cleaning your house? Like, what's up? How is life? When it comes to today's episode, I wanted to do a follow-up, kind of a part two of my personal fitness journey because I felt like I just told this story a couple weeks ago and I am more of a bullet point, like give me actionable items type of personality type of person. So I'm like, okay, now that you can listen to my entire fitness journey story, It's there on the podcast. Let me give some lessons learned, some tidbits that I've taken from it, give you some bullet points of how you personally can then learn from what I have learned, give you a little bit of advice, and just kind of go a little bit more in depth on a part two. So I'm really happy and excited for today's episode. I've got five lessons that I've learned from my fitness journey that I'm very excited to just talk to you about because maybe you're in the same boat, maybe you've experienced these same things, and this can be really helpful for you. I feel like that is the biggest win when it comes to sharing your story. Is there somebody else out there who might need to hear that? who might need to know, okay, I'm not the only one. Okay, someone else has gone through this. I can continue to go through this. So it's just always nice to know you are not alone. And I know that that can feel way too frequent when you're on your own fitness journey. A lot of times you're like, man, is anybody else struggling? Like what's going on? Why am I feeling this way? So I'm really excited to connect in this way, be able to share with you guys some lessons I've learned and am still learning because this is a continual process. And before we get into the episode, I want to do the weekly recap, and I'm going to rename it the fun and gains segment, okay, where I can share maybe a favorite thing of the week, maybe a new favorite product, something fun, and then a gain. So a big win that I've had. And, you know, I think I might even include a low point too, but I want to get into this weekly recap slash fun and gains segment now. So as you all know from the last podcast episode, if you haven't listened already, I was able to go hang out with Whitney Simmons and we recorded a podcast for you guys, which was so much fun and a big thanks to Way. I don't know if you're listening, but thanks for coming on the podcast. Everybody, thank you so much for the love and support on that episode. It was so much fun and I'm glad we were able to provide that for you guys. So while that was a huge win and was so much fun, just hanging out, talking, catching up, recording content for you guys, the Instagram video was so funny to me of us doing like our little rap or whatever. I thought that was hilarious. So if you haven't seen that, that's on my main Instagram at underscore Brittany Lupton. And uh, I would say the that was the big win. Also like the family reunion, I kind of went out for two things and that was fun. I got to see all my cousins and I don't know, okay, in your family, I feel like your family dynamic always carries with you forever. Like I have always been one of the younger cousins and I still feel like a baby whenever I'm around all my family because everybody is so much older than me. So they were like, oh, we need an adult to like go down to the pool to supervise some of the kids. And I'm like, yeah, like who, who else wants to come? They're like, no, like Brittany, you are the adult supervising. And I'm like, wait, what? Since when? Because I just like always deflect to the baby of the family. And I'm like, oh, like I'm an adult now. They're like, yeah, once you have a kid, you're an adult. And I'm like, 
okay, cool. Like I still feel like I'm 13 around you guys, but (laughs) it's just so funny. And I feel like even if like you're the baby in the family, like whenever you're around your older siblings, like you always feel like that no matter what, like it's just crazy how that goes. So that was really fun. And it was so nice to kind of unplug. I wasn't initially planning to unplug as much as I did, but I truly just felt like one with nature. We were in the middle of nowhere. There were pickleball courts. Like it was just so fun to connect and unplug. So that was really fun. And now I'm back home. You guys know I've been in my travel era. So it has come to an end. This is the official end. And the low point, honestly, is trying to get back into my routine. It is such a process and it is so difficult. I'm going to make this a new podcast episode because I could talk about this forever. Okay, I went to the gym for the first time in a while yesterday. I've been able to go on and off, but it just hasn't been the same. You know, when you know mentally you're in a routine where if it's like, oh, it's just a one-off really quick workout, but I know I'm going to not be here next week, et cetera. Like it's a different mindset. So going back, quote, full-time, it is such a hard adjustment for me which is so funny because I live in the gym. Like that is, I love the gym. So to have it be this really difficult adjustment period, I just want to talk on that in my experience, trying to get back into a routine. And I'm doing a couple YouTube vlogs about it as well. So stay tuned for that. But I really want to make that its own podcast episode because if you are also struggling getting into a routine, like I feel you, it is hard. And I know I've been there once, so I've got to just do it again. But it's hard. Now we're going to move on to the review of the week and then we'll hop into today's episode. And again, you guys know how much we love reviews. Darian texts me reviews all the time. They seriously make my day, Darian's day. It is so amazing to be able to read the feedback that you guys have. So this is from, I love it, 61901 and it says, podcast for the girlies who are picky. It's five stars. It says, there are only about five podcasts I can routinely listen to, and this is one. Every Wednesday on my hot girl walk, this is it. Every week is so different and enticing, and I always finish an episode feeling better about myself or motivated. While writing this, this week's episode was the wit one, and let me say, truly a masterpiece episode. Britt, you hit every point and crafted the episode so nicely, and I loved the vulnerability from both of you guys. I cannot wait to see what you have in store for the pod. Thank you so much for your review. Truly, you guys, like... I could scream this from the rooftop how much it means to be able to hear your feedback because the podcast is more vulnerable for me and I I love doing it. I love being able to connect and actually talk and have a conversation in this new way. So thank you so much for your love. It means so much and I'm so glad you guys liked the Whitney episode. If you haven't listened to that, go ahead and listen, catch up, sprouts through all the podcast episodes and pick one that you like for your next hot girl walk or gym session. All right, and now getting into the episode, here are five things I learned from my fitness journey. The first one is that mental health is just as important as physical health and a driving factor in results. Again, This was something where even as I was talking and telling my story two episodes ago, when it comes to trying to hit goals, your physical fitness journey in and of itself, it is a huge driving factor in those results. For example, 
I know I was saying I couldn't a lot of times. Like mentally, I was not in a place where I could push myself as much anymore. Mentally postpartum in that in that little depressive era I was in, it was so hard for me to get over that hurdle and mentally I wasn't okay enough. So physically, I also couldn't take care of myself. It is really hard to have a balance between that and be able to push yourself when mentally you may not be in a good state. So I just wanted to say that was a huge lesson for me to learn that at times I've got to take a step back, maybe physically and take care of myself and maybe deeper issues that I have while doing whatever I can physically. Even if that's just a walk, even if it's just some yoga, something to take a fresh breath, but I may not be able to push myself the way that I typically do in the gym when I'm having a really sad spell. And that's something that I realized about myself and that's okay. I've accepted and come to terms with that, but you have to be able to be mentally in a good mindset to be able to really push yourself. And that goes for, this is kind of my second part. Okay, they kind of go hand in hand, but number two is the self-talk that we have. And that kind of goes into mental health a little bit, but ultimately having positive self-talk goes way further than we realize. And telling yourself that you can keep going makes all the difference in your progress. It can make a difference in your life, even down to your sets and reps. For example, yesterday, okay, like I stated earlier, it was so hard, my workout, I wanted to keep giving up. Like my mind gave up way before my body did. Was my body tired? No. Was my body even being pushed? No. But mentally, I was having a battle within myself to keep going. So I've got to get that positive self-talk in check in order to have productive workouts and enable to keep pushing and motivating myself on those bad days, on those days where maybe I don't want to. And again, mental health and positive self-talk is a little bit different because While our mental state, we might not be able to always control, okay? And I know that that's a sensitive subject, but our positive self-talk, the way that we think about ourselves, the way that we treat ourselves is so important. For example, yesterday in the gym, I was really anxious. I just felt really awkward. I didn't feel like I belonged. And I first started off as saying, I'm not going to do this. Like, I'm just going to quit. Let's go like walk on the treadmill, do something that makes me feel okay. And then I realized you know what? No, let me try to see if I can change my my self-talk. Let's see if I can actually get myself a little bit out of this and be able to feel a little bit more comfortable because I was just in my head about everything. I felt awkward. I felt uncomfortable. Like it just was not it. And a lot of times, yeah, I do bail and I'll go walk on the treadmill and like let my anxiety ease. And sometimes I can't help it. It really does just spike up. And I'm like, it is what it is. I need to take a little break. That is fine. Mental health matters and it is important. Sometimes I'm like, no, this is just like a positive self-talk issue. Let's see if I can work through it, hype myself up, get in a good mindset again and see if I can push through this, okay? So I know that that's kind of a thin line, uh, but for me in this instance, I said, you know what? I know myself, I think I can try and let's just push ourselves, see what we are capable of because I think this is more of a mental thing when it comes to self-talk. So I was like, okay, I can do this. I was like, three more sets and we're done. Three more exercises and we're done. Like, I I can do this. I can do this. And I started trying to talk more positively about myself and sit in the sets and the reps instead of being anxious and letting that overcome me of thinking, oh, I have all these workouts left I need to do. Uh, I need to get home. It's starting to get late because I had an afternoon workout. And 
you know, all of these reasons that were coming to me, but I was like, let me just be present for the next 30 minutes. Whatever I get done, it's going to be fine. And having that positive self-chat, having that moment where I can realize, okay, my thoughts are spiraling. I need to catch myself and I need to bring myself back to a good place. So I was able to do that in yesterday's workout and it, it was a little bit better. Still, it was a trash workout. Like overall, I was just anxious. I just felt awkward. I felt weird overall. But I was able to actually do some of the exercises that otherwise I would have just quit after the first one or two sets of deadlifts. I would have been like, I'm out. But I was so proud of myself that I was like, I mentally could overcome that. And yeah, not every workout is great. I think everybody can agree with that. But I was able to push myself in a new way and realize that sometimes I can do better at my self-talk. That was a big reflection moment for me is a lot of times my mind will give up before my body on workouts and even unrelated to exercise in general. My mind is a little bit weaker than my body sometimes. Like I get scared. I talk myself out of things and I'm like, why do I do that? Why am I trying to talk myself out of something where if I really believed in myself and if I really want what's best for me, why would my self-talk not be positive? Why would it not be cheering myself on? So catching myself, not only in the gym, but also throughout life and everything that I do, trying to just work on those affirmations, having that positive self-talk, why are we not our biggest cheerleaders? We need to be that. We need to become that. So watching where our positive self-talk is, is going to be so important and realizing also like the first point that your mental health matters just as much as your physical you've got to take care of both and something that I always talk about and I always think about is I never want to do anything because I hate myself I don't want to hate myself to become someone else because that that's just not first of all that's not true to yourself if you hate yourself you think you're going to start loving yourself at some random point in time when you've done all of these things out of hatred. No, when you get to that point, you're going to turn around and say, I kind of still hate myself because you haven't done that self-work. You haven't done those inner things of why do I hate myself? Do I really hate myself or is it the opinions of others? Am I a little bit too hard on myself? Is, is it my negative self-talk that I don't think I'm capable of doing these things? You've got maybe past trauma, past abuse that makes you feel that way about yourself. Whitney and I talked about it, having those selfish years to figure out what you want out of life, who you really, really are, and finding that self-worth regardless of what everybody else says because everybody's got an opinion now and everyone has something to say about everything. So truly, at the end of the day, dig back, who are you? Do you enjoy who you are? And try and have those changes. I'm a huge, huge, huge advocate for this and I always will be because I never found it when I started. Do these things because you love yourself. You might have some deep demons. You know, we all have them. But you might want to make changes because, oh, you know, I, I, I want to change. A lot of us want to. But have that change come from a place of I love myself and I know I can be better. I know I can do better. So let me then put that into action. Not I hate myself. I can't do this. I'm sick of failing. I'm sick of all of these things, like I'm just so sick, I'm so done, I'm fed up, like that's it, the old self, like I'm never looking back, I'm going to be a new self. Well, yeah, some of that can be good for motivation, but ultimately, you changing your self-talk to being, I deserve better, I can do this. 
There's a lot more power in that than, oh, I hate myself. I don't want to be like that anymore. And then when you fail, you're digging deeper into that depression versus having that mindset, having that positive self-talk of, I want to do better. I know I can. I deserve better. I deserve this. I am worth this change. I can change while still semi-liking myself. It doesn't have to come from a place of hate and anger. I can make these changes. I'm a huge advocate of that. I don't think anybody should hate themselves into change. I feel like a lot of times that doesn't work out. I feel like while, yes, you know, you've got some work to do, we all have work to do. We can love ourselves through that process. I'm a huge advocate for that and I always will be. Moving on to number three is nutrition is key. I have talked about this on this podcast multiple times, but in case if you haven't heard any of those, it's always a good refresher to just talk about this and realize, yes, working out and exercise is so important for your health for so many reasons. It prevents so many diseases and illnesses having some type of movement and exercise. And even when you get older, you got to think about this, getting up and down off a chair or just walking and fall. I mean this in the nicest way possible. I've had two elderly women completely wipe out in front of me and you look, I'll be, I'll be honest, it's probably going to be me when I'm older. But when you exercise and you're a little bit more coordinated and you have more muscle mass and you're able to sit up and stand up by yourself, you don't need a walker, you don't need help or an assistance, a wheelchair. Like if I personally can help that and where I'm 80 and 90 and I'm still walking by myself and I'm able to still enjoy my grandkids, my great grandkids, like if I can still enjoy those things when I'm older, that's going to be great. And while yes, getting older and falling happens. It's like, maybe you can prevent that. You know, Darian sees all the time in the hospital, but any type of preventative health, I am all for that. And it's something that you don't think about all the time when you're younger. But anyways, nutrition. So exercise, yes, and nutrition. People also say this often, right? Nutrition is key. But until it's internalized and really like thought through, I feel like it can be really confusing because it looks so different for everyone. That's why it is so hard to nail nutrition. And also baseline, let me just give this, okay, my tips, I can't give specific one-on-one advice to each of you because it's out of my professional scope of practice. So the people who can do that are registered dietitians and nutritionists. Also note, that is not nutrition coaches, period. If you are asking my opinion, my opinion, okay, I would only trust a registered dietitian because they have the science background, they have the four-year degree, and their job is to study the body, how nutrition works in the body, and then how to help apply that to you because a lot of people have different health issues such as like type 1 diabetes, you have thyroid issues, whatever you need. I feel like having a specific professional is definitely going to help. And while that, again, is outside of my scope of practice, I've done courses and I know a lot about nutrition, but it's pretty base guideline. I cannot give specific meal plans, etc., because that's just out of my scope. That is. And I personally would only trust registered dietitians. While I know there are a bunch of nutrition coaches out there who are probably awesome, and I'm really sorry if that hurt your feelings, but I maybe they have a lot of background knowledge. Maybe they really do, some of them. I just want you to be very cautious of who you take nutrition advice from because it only takes one bad coach to ruin your relationship with food. 
and Darian has already experienced that. And it is really, really tough to unlearn certain things that you thought a professional was teaching you. So just be very cautious and aware of that. But I can speak from my personal experience of what has worked for me, as long as you know that this is what works for me. My mindset, my relationship, and what works for me. So now that we have that disclaimer out, personally, I think no foods are off limits, and I disagree strongly with cheat meals. I disagree strongly with fad diets and eliminating food groups for the sake of popularity. I also disagree with eating too little, with coaches giving people a very, very small amount of calories. A lot of people are not eating enough to even go into a proper cut. So again, that's something where I know people are like, oh, I want to have fat loss. I want to lose weight. If I guessed their calories or if they told me their calories, a lot of times it'd be too low to even start that. So to even before you can go through a weight loss phase, you're going to have to increase your calories. You're going to gain a little bit and then you can properly do a cut and have that be awesome. So everybody is, again, is coming from a different background, coming from different experiences. For me though, I eat from all food groups and I always try to focus on whole nutrient dense foods. In the micro macro episode, I break down the macronutrients, the micronutrients, give that a listen if you want some more in depth on that. But what I eat, it's not always perfect. And even now getting back into my routine, it is so hard, you guys. It is so hard, but it is all about habits. And it's about patience and practice. And this takes a ton of work and effort. And that's something that I learned on my journey and throughout my whole life is that you might be used to eating a certain way. And it's going to take time to adapt and to change that. Just like any other habit, just like any other, you know, skill we're trying to work on, it's going to take time. But your taste buds and habits can change over time. You've got to be patient with yourself, though. Like, don't expect your cravings to just automatically go away. You know, again, I kind of give the example in my fitness journey story of I would eat like a whole box of cereal a day. Easy, easy. So I'm like, okay, I know I can't, I'm not going to just eliminate that completely. That's ridiculous. That's so out of character for me. I've got to change that habit slowly. So I'm going to work on having one to two. Maybe some days I'm pushing it to three bowls of cereal a day. Okay. And then slowly I can decrease that if that, if that's working for my goals or whatever exactly my goals are, but I don't ever need to completely cut that out. I can have a bowl of cereal if I want. And it's something where truly it's, it is what works for you because for me, I love food. Darian and I love food. We are huge, huge foodies. It brings us a lot of joy and it's just part of a way that we love to bond and talk and We really, really enjoy it. So our goals are going to be a little bit different than yours. And ultimately, it just takes time to build that habit and routine. And I just want you to know, you don't have to do this all at once. It is it is slow and it is steady and you can still enjoy the foods that you love. I always, always will recommend prioritizing whole nutrient dense foods and water. Make sure you're always drinking your water and whole nutrient-dense foods if you're new. That just means you're eating whole, like a single ingredient food, an apple, banana, your fruits, your veggies, chicken, your meat, avocado, nuts, seeds. You're eating just foods that are rich in 
nutrients so that your body is getting the vitamins, the minerals, all of the nutrients that you need in order to function properly for all of your organs to work for you to be able to have fiber so you can, you know, be regular. That is so important for your gut health. All of that plays a role in how your body properly goes. So nutrition is so important because a lot of times we think about physically, okay, that's with exercise, but nutrition takes care of your body from the inside out. And it's so important to be able to also have a good relationship with food and also to take care of ourselves in that way. And it takes time to build those habits. It takes time and you've got time though, okay? Give yourself three to six months, give yourself six to nine months, give yourself a whole year, You don't have to have all of this done by today, all of this done by next week. This has taken me years and I have setbacks all the time. I've been traveling for three months. I've got a lot of things that I need to work on because I am now in the rut of I've been eating burgers every week and I've been eating so, so out of my regular that it's going to now take me time to get back to enjoying the foods that I once liked because my palate has changed a little bit, you know, which is fine. There's never any food guilt. There's nothing wrong with burgers for goodness sakes. But I'm saying, you know, I was having burgers and fries for a lot of the meals because that's all there is on the road when I'm traveling. So now I'm like, oh, I can't wait to, you know, be able to eat my veggies more and be able to have my stomach feel a little bit more regular, et cetera, et cetera. Never any shame or guilt in food ever, period. I cannot state that enough, but you know, it's a little bit different than what I'm typically used to where maybe I have a burger once a week instead of three, four, five times a week. So it is what it is. I just want you to know, sometimes it takes a little bit of time. Be patient with yourself. All too often, we think we need to get these things done immediately or yesterday. And it's like fed by these feelings of guilt of, oh my goodness, like why have I been doing this? Or I've been off track. I need to get back on. That's okay. Take a breather. It's going to be fine. Just focus on some recipes that you love. I found so many on Pinterest. Just scroll through. And now what I've been doing is Darian and I will write in our calendar what we're eating that night. So it's already planned. And we just make sure we have all the ingredients. It's prepped. And then we take, we alternate, we alternate nights between who's cooking that night. And so it's really fun. So we get a good variety of meals, of nutrition, and just trying to make the most of it. Hopefully that made sense. I feel like that was a really, really long time. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. What is the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run, take a nap, read a book, hang out with friends, go out? I feel like a lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, well, time for what? If our time was unlimited, how would we use it? What would be the best way to squeeze in that special thing into your schedule that is so important to you and make that a priority? Well, therapy can help you find what matters most to you so you can do more of it. I know that therapy can be extremely beneficial. Just have another person to talk to, talk through things, get to the bottom of feelings that we might not know that we're having, and it can lead us to feel empowered to be the best version of ourselves. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. You can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Help. Visit betterhelp.com slash Brit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com 
slash Brit. And yeah, but we're going to move into number four now, which is progressive overload. If you're new to the term progressive overload, it's just a method of strength training that advocates for gradual increase of stress placed upon your musculoskeletal and nervous system. In simple terms, okay, progressive overload simply means that you are doing more over time. Now, there's a couple different ways that you can implement progressive overload. A lot of people think that it's just the weight that you add. While yes, you can lift more. And I think that that is a great thing. It's definitely something I do. A lot of us are trying to get stronger. You know, we have certain goals that we want to hit on shoulder press, on chest press, on squat. We want to be able to lift more and be strong. Well, that is a great way of progressive overload. You can also do it by increasing your number of reps. You can increase frequency. You can increase your volume. You can decrease your rest periods. There's a ton of ways that you can implement progressive overload so that you are constantly pushing your body so it can grow and adapt. When it comes to a plateau, you know, it's a question I get a lot. What do I do? I feel like I'm stuck. I'm not seeing any improvement. I'm not really seeing any progress. Progressive overload is a massive contributor to that. Again, it's going to be different according to your strength goals or whatever your training goals are, okay? A lot of us want to, again, like I said, increase weight. So, Being able to go from, you know, 20s to 25s on shoulder press or whatever it is, you're going to want to work on that type of progressive overload. While others, maybe you're working on endurance more. So you want to decrease your rest periods so that you have less rest in between your sets and you're working your muscle a little bit harder that way by having shorter rest periods and not letting it recover as much. You can also increase volume. This is something I've totally done by increasing or volume and frequency by increasing uh, the days of the week that I am working. When I started doing my glute program, I was hitting legs three days a week and upper body two times a week. That added in an entire extra day of leg workouts for me. And that was awesome. I saw so much progress and results doing that. It It was wild. By the way, on my app, is my glute program, my advanced program, and my beginner program. So if you want some help with training, you can always, always, always use my app. That'll be in the show notes. It's also on Instagram. It's everywhere. So come train with me. It's only a dollar for your first month. But back to progressive overload. And I'm going to give a little example, especially if you're trying to increase the amount of weight lifted, is, for example, let's say you can currently squat 100 pounds for eight reps. So next week, what you're going to do is try to increase your load. So increase the weight you're lifting. Try 110 pounds for eight reps. So you're keeping the reps the same, but you're increasing the weight that you're using. Now, now that you've increased that weight, your last two reps are going to be hard. And you might need a spot for those last two reps because this is the first time you're trying that new weight and you're still trying to hit those same amount of reps. So you might need a spot, get a little bit of assistance for those. Okay. That's another way to help you be able to get those last two reps, get your body used to going that long with that amount of weight. A lot of times if I don't have a spot, I will try to do as many as I can with that new weight. And then I will just do a drop set. So I'll drop down to I'll be at, you know, 110 and then I'll try to drop down to 100 or 95 and do as many as I can still trying to apply pressure to that muscle, not like actual pressure, but, you know, really help and activate that muscle and give it a good burn. Uh, That's another way that I can get more reps in 
if I don't have a spot to try and help me, but you know, if you're doing a squat, you have those um, support bars next to you. So if you do fail, which I have done, it's all over my YouTube video and one of my workouts is a attempted fail at like 185 or something. But yeah, that's, that's totally normal and it's totally good. But yeah, so let's say once you get 110 for eight reps on your squat, you're then gonna wanna bump up again. So now you're going for 115 or 120. You're going for that same amount of reps, those eight reps, you're pushing, you're working each week on trying to get that. Once you hit it, you bump up again. And that way, you're really getting stronger. You're continuously pushing your body. And that's something where uh, I'm not trying to do that for every single exercise. Like let's say I have squats, leg press, walking lunges, you know, leg extensions. I am not increasing the load to the max on all of those all the time. It's something where, oh, I'm really focused on, you know, maybe two exercises, really increasing that, trying to progressively overload. That's that's what I'll do. But also, if you're working out and your last one to two reps are not hard, you better move your weight up, okay? Because sometimes we're like, your program's too easy. I'm like, are you lifting heavy enough? Because I'm out here huffing and puffing. I'm about to die, not really, but I'm, I'm struggling. You gotta make sure that your weight is heavy enough to push you. Your last one to two reps, you know, RPE rate of preserved exertion, make sure that you are pushing yourself in my program, it should say like, you know, eight. Okay, that's saying you're working pretty darn hard. You're at 80%. You're working hard on how much energy you're putting into that exercise. So you're not going to failure, but you're going where those last reps are hard and you should be pushing yourself. And another thing is time under tension. What is your tempo like? Are you just racing through your squats like one, two, three, or is it like, you're taking your time on the eccentric part of the squat and the concentric, like you're up and down, you're having a good tempo, you're taking your time, you're letting yourself breathe, your muscles are work, you're fully activated, and you're putting in a lot of effort and work and intensity into that workout instead of you get done with your six to 10 reps and you're like, yeah, that was easy, what's next? It's like, no, nah. You should be really pushing yourself, having that mind to muscle connection, like your body's going to be speaking to you. So just check in with yourself, check in on how things are going. And if you, again, you're in a plateau, you got to use that progressive overload because that's something that really changed the game for me is whenever I was in a plateau or I really wanted to see results and I was like, I, I want more, I want more definition. I want to build my quad progressive overload is going to be your best friend when it comes to that. Last but not least, the last thing I learned on my fitness journey, there of course are more, but the last one that I really wanted to mention is how much having my mindset shift from healthy now to healthy for my life. That was just huge and I've talked about that before, but if you haven't heard me talk about it yet, Again, let me just put it into perspective where I was super young and I just wanted these goals for now and it was really fun. And a lot of times when you're young, you'll kind of do anything to reach goals. Maybe you're not really establishing the best habits. Maybe you're not really thinking about your future self in five, even 10 years. Sometimes you're not even thinking about your future self in six months to a year. You're only thinking about the now and 
you know, my early 20s, I was super just self-absorbed and like thinking about, okay, how can I do better? Like, what can I do? And I was more selfish. And it's okay to take those selfish years where I'll, now I'm glad I've grown out of it. And, you know, that that's fine, though. That was true to myself in those in those times. You can have those selfish years because you have nothing one else to focus on. You don't have a partner. You don't have a spouse. You don't have a kid. You don't have, you know, it's really just about you and your life, figuring what works for you, figuring out your life. Well, of course, you know, you don't want to completely ignore others and be totally rude and selfish. And you know what I mean? There's always a fine balance when it comes to that. But what I mean by quote selfish years, I mean by figuring out who you are. So back then I wasn't really thinking about my life too far in advance where once I started getting older, I was like, wow, I actually want to always be healthy. And especially after being pregnant and having Vinny, I was like, I'm so glad I was healthy. Like, I want to continue this for the entirety of my life. Like, thank goodness I started when I did. It is never, ever too late to start. But I was so happy I started when I did because it helped me so much through that portion of my life. And now I am so inspired and motivated to continue in this lifestyle because I've already seen how big of a difference it's made in my life, how much happier I am having these habits, doing things that make me happy, keeping up with the habit of being active. So when I go on family hikes or my family wants to play pickleball, I can participate in those and not feel slowed down or, you know, I'm feeling so mobile. When Vinny wants to go to the park, I have energy to play with him. I can get on my hands and knees, crawl around, be a silly, goofy, crazy mom and I'm having a blast. I'm fueled properly. I'm having my exercise and I'm feeling happy while doing it building a good relationship with food, teaching Vinny about nutrition and helping other people around me now that I've found that happiness for myself. I just want everybody to feel that way. So having that mindset shift of, you know, I just, I'll do whatever it takes to be, you know, shredded or whatever it is now at expense to whatever's to come later. No, 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 no. That is not at all mindset anymore. It is just healthy for life. I want to be healthy for my entire life. This is longer than these next two years, five years, 10 years. This is this is my entire life that I'm talking about. And I want to look back and be fond of it and have good memories throughout everything. I don't want to remember that summer that I was too scared to go swimming or whatever it is. Like working through that, working through that positive self-talk, let's go. And, you know, just having fun along the way. I think, I think ultimately that's what all of us want, right? We all just want to be happy and healthy. Hopefully you want to be healthy. Maybe that's not a goal for you to be healthy. But I mean, if you're listening to the Funny Gains podcast by now, you should want to be healthy, healthier, whatever that means for you, right? Because health has no, you know, no specific look or it's not perfect for anybody. It's always a constant balance, you know, balancing seriously our life, our well-being, social, physical, emotional, mental, everything plays into health. So making sure all of that is in check, but yeah, that's kind of the end of this podcast, you guys. I really just wanted to talk about some things I've learned, chat, kind of have a little bit of a part two to that first episode. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And again, if you are struggling to get into a routine, tune in next week. That is what I'm going to be talking about just working on getting back into the routine, the groove of things, things that I'm doing, things that I find helpful, what is not helpful, and just that you're not alone when it comes to that. So 
I would love to hear from you guys. What have you learned on your fitness journey? There's got to be a million things. I'd love to hear your takeaways on the podcast Instagram or the DMs. The podcast Instagram is at funandgains.podcast. So go ahead, head on over there. I'd love to hear from you and see you guys over there. Thank you again for 10K on the podcast Instagram. What the heck? Let's go. That's fun. I love all of you guys listening. Like I am dying to do a live podcast or some kind of event. And I will keep talking about it because I'm manifesting it happen. Hopefully in the works, it it's thought about. It's just like a matter of time. Hopefully it'll happen. So we'll let you guys know that. And also if you've listened to this whole thing, you'll know that uh, Sneak Peek merch is coming soon. Ah! I'm excited. I'm so excited. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks, that'll be up too. So got a lot of fun things always open to podcast suggestions. And yeah, we will see you next week, you guys, for some more fun and games. Have a great week. Bye. You're listening to the Fun and Games podcast with your host, Brittany Lupton. Thanks for listening to another episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And we'll see you all next time for some more fun and games. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.